Hello and welcome to the Sundance Shortscast. I'm Sadiq Sharma, Shorts Film Programmer, and I'm here today with Trevor Anderson, the director of Docking. Thanks for coming to the festival. Hey, well, thank you very much for having me. So I'm asking people for, because people can't see your film on, on audio channel, so for someone who has not seen your film, can you describe it? Oh, good, them? okay. Docking the radio play version. Yes, you bet. Okay, outer space. Uh, you're looking at twinkling stars, and the universe is rotating slowly counterclockwise. And my voiceover says, I've always been single. Why is that? What am I so afraid of? And then the universe stops turning and slowly, rumble, 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 5.1 surround sound, something's coming. And from the top of the screen in that classic Star Destroyer angle, something comes into view above us we're under something what is it is it is it is it a ship no it seems organic it's is is it a planet uh you know and we're very close to it and we fly around at all these different angles and then finally we pull back and reveal it's an enormous erect penis and it slows and it stops and then rumble 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 from the other side of the universe flying in a bigger erect penis. And then it pulls up to the first one and, and they slowly uh, butt up against each other, head to head, tip to tip. And we look at them hanging there together for a while. And then slowly, of its own volition, the foreskin of the first smaller penis begins to um, extend and swallow the bigger penis, and then it keeps going, 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 impossibly like a python swallowing something bigger than itself in space until it's entirely devoured the larger penis. Um, and then the Toronto Gay Man's Chorus sings a demented chord. Wah! And it's over. Th that was amazing. Thank you for <laughs> describing every detail of it. I just want to add, too, that you're putting the, your two fists together and also just using the hand to overcome your arm. So that's to give everyone listening a better... And like, you described it extremely well, but I, I, was, I feel like lucky to see your hand gestures, too, and I feel bad that people listening to this would not have seen that. You know, it, I, a large part of making this film was spending four years convincing people it was a good idea. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time at parties uh, acting that out with my my fists up in front of my face and and uh, yeah Be how, it's become my party piece <laughs> how did you make it because is it it looks real like it's a is it a puppet you know yeah. it's real yeah <laughs> we um were lucky enough to get a production designer who's originally from my hometown of edmonton alberta canada who has gone on to hollywood and become a big deal uh, so I played the Edmonton card and got production designer Todd Chernowski involved. He was supervising art director on Star Wars Last Jedi. He was production designer on Star Small. Trek Discovery. Small indie films. Little, yeah. you know, Sundance indies. Yeah. And uh, he agreed to come on board. And through him, we met Christian Tinsley, who is an Academy and Emmy Award winning uh, makeup special effects artist. Uh, he does all the flesh on Westworld and American Horror Story and the Coen Brothers Westerns. Um, and he built, he and, and um, his, his, uh, an artist who works with him named I mean, Hero, Christian and Hero built these five-foot dicks. 
<laughs> and they're amazing because these guys are so incredibly talented. So, like, they're completely photorealistic, but they're five feet long. And when you put your face right up one inch from it, it still looks totally like like a dick, <laughs> like a real living dick. But it's it's you know they sculpted it out of clay and then they made the mold and then they poured in their special Hollywood goo and then they sculpted by hand and then they airbrushed and painted and it's they're truly astounding sculptures. So is, is there any digital effects? Yes. Done? So then it's like practical yeah. with a digital assist. You know, so we shot it all on 35 millimeter film. Wow. Uh, with uh, robot rigs. So each dick was on a robot dolly. And the camera was on a robot rig. And uh, these were the guys, General Lift, who often, like Doug Trumbull, will tell them what he wants and they'll build it. So these are those guys. Um, and so, like the second dick was on what they called the Trumbull Flex because they built it for Douglas Trumbull, who of course did all the effects for 2001 A Space Odyssey. So the, the, the pedigree for these penises is, is laughably fine. And um, the camera was moving... At three, the, we were shooting at three frames per second, so there would be no jitter, and uh, with this robotic uh, move. Uh, also, because I wanted it all to happen in one uninterrupted take, and there, you know, that's very difficult because we kept getting in our own, like our own shadow. We kept shooting our own shadow, so we could have the robot move happen, and then change the lighting and have the exact same robot move happen, and change the lighting and do it again, and then. Um, overlay them in post so that's where the vfx start to come in and then of course outer space is also um digitally created so it's this blend of practical and digital effects but it was important for me that the dicks be real and fleshy and that we shoot on film for for that um tactility that you know skin and and the sound is amazing in it as well. And you were saying that the music, the music was from uh, a chorus, a gay chorus. At the end, there's a there's a vocal chorus, uh, the Toronto Gay Men's uh, chorus forte. Um, I have a friend who's in the choir, and he he got them all to agree to 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 uh, lend their voices to this thing. And then um, the score is written by my former bandmate and my great friend Lyle Bell, um, who is like a like a amazing rock and roll musician and composer um and i i know has the skills to make incredible movie scores and so i'm glad that this was i think his first short film score but i hope to make features and i hope he will score them and we had a great sound mix at uh, urban post-production in toronto which is one of the big houses that did us a really terrific favor it's a true cinematic experience and i'm wondering how has the reaction been playing at the festival Mm. From, was your was your your interpretation of reception that you that the audience was ready? Sure. So we opened Midnight Shorts, and of course I'm a bad person to ask because I'm in my world premiere feelings bubble. <laughs> like I, I'm just numb, and I'm wondering what it's going to look and sound like. Uh, so a lot of my team had to tell me what happened in the room because, of course, it's hard to feel. Uh, when I'm, I'm, I'm busy having my own feelings, but uh, I, I'm aware that there was this tension in the room because the Sundance audience specifically is a very respectful, almost reverent audience. And um, so they don't want to laugh unless they know they're allowed to because they don't want to accidentally offend a filmmaker. And there was this tension in the room, I think, because people were sort of ready to laugh but weren't totally sure if they should because it's not timed like a comedy. It's timed very seriously. And 
until at the very end when the final credits fade up suddenly they realized it had been a comedy all along and there was this huge belly laugh to release the tension uh, and that made me very happy because that, that i think was the cathartic moment that i was looking for and then this guy in front of me in the row directly in front of me just turned around and put up his hand for one of those like you know gimme skin style sliding high fives uh, in the dark and i did and as we were doing that he went canada get it and so that has become our secret handshake here at, at Sundance. Whenever we have a nice meeting with a funder to talk about the feature, we just go, Canada, get it. And it's not just Canada, though. It's like Edmonton, right, specifically? Thank you, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's good. What is, how, does, how is Edmonton different from the general Canadian film scene, if, if that's a positive, if, if you could say that? Well, Canada's, of course, a very large, geographically, geographically large country with a small population. So we are very spread out. And um, there are many Canadas, many regional identities. Canada's really a, a mosaic of regional identities, uh, except Toronto. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's this feeling of, oh, Toronto. Um, it's so a, It's a world city, as they say often. About a world-class city. World-class Every No, Edmonton, Calgary, everyone goes world-class. Like, it's just the thing um, that everyone says. And then we make fun of world-class. Uh, but... So the, 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 the biggest English film industries in Canada are in Toronto and Vancouver. Vancouver's um, like really largely service productions for American productions and television shows that come up and shoot in Vancouver. Toronto has a lot of that, but then Toronto also has a lot of, um, you know, what we used to call indigenous filmmaking, but now in, thankfully indigenous filmmaking is indigenous filmmaking, but a lot of what, local filmmaking? Um, and then, of course, there's Montreal and the French scene, which is, I don't know, just head and shoulders above the English scene, just because the French community goes out and watches French language films in the theaters. And so there's the audience there for it. And there can be, they just have their own culture going on. And it's terrific. And I'm very jealous. Um, but so anything that's not in what I just described is often working in isolation in small centers. Um, and sometimes the more isolated, the better. Like Winnipeg has this incredibly cool underground art film scene because Winnipeg is the most isolated, cold place. And Edmonton is like a watered down Winnipeg in my mind. We're still cold. We're still isolated. Maybe just not as much. We still stab each other. Maybe not as much as they stab each other in Winnipeg. Um, and so there's this real sense there, especially in the music scene, I think, uh, which I also come from of people making art specifically for each other. Like, we're making art for our community first. And the band made, the bands all support the other bands. Oh, so-and-so and so-and-so are in a band. Let's go see. And you're writing songs for, you know, the people in your community. And I think that as the film and underground and art scene grows in Edmonton, the same is happening. We're making films uh, for each other, for our local audience, which I think is always the healthiest. Because if you're making your art for your community first. I think that's when it has the biggest chance to then reach a larger platform like Sundance because, I don't know, if you set out to, I'm going to make a film that's going to get into Sundance. Uh, I don't know, you probably see a lot of those and you probably know what I'm talking about. But if you you can just sort of sense when people are making films for their communities. And Edmonton has this um, frigidity and, and isolation and alienation that I think, even though docking is set in outer space, I feel like um, it still has a sense of place that, to me, feels like Edmonton. This is your third film at, the, at Sundance, right? How did you get into making short films? You said you came out of music. Mm -hmm. was, was, it, was it 
did you always want to be a filmmaker? First, I was in theater. So I, I trained in theater and I worked in theater. And um, then I got feeling like theater... Film does two things better than theater. Um, I mean, we want a benefit of theater is that it's ephemeral. That's cool. When it's over, it's over. You had to be there. But it's also frustrating when you're a maker of it because you put in all this work and then closing night comes in, it's done and it's gone. So that was frustrating me. And also... Um, it doesn't travel very... Theater doesn't travel very easily. Um, it's expensive. There's a lot of logistics. It doesn't happen often. But film... Um, I mean, right now, I could send a file of the film I made in 2007 to Switzerland from this table. <laughs> you know? So I like that about film. So I stepped laterally out of theater and into independent filmmaking. And I thought I'll... To be honest with you, I thought, oh, well, I'll go to film school, but I don't have any short films to include in my portfolio. So I just started kind of going down the checklist of grad schools and seeing what they needed to apply. And, oh, well, I'll need a short film. So I made a short film. And then I just made another short film. And then I made another short film. And then I didn't go to film school. And I just wound up learning by doing. And so you you're, you mentioned uh, that there's good. You're, you're working on a feature mm-hmm. for Donkey. Yeah. I, I hope it's okay for me to ask, like, what would the feature be about? Oh, for sure. Because yeah, you described the film very well and comprehensively well, at the beginning. So I'm, I'm, I would love to hear about... I, I actually have heard a little bit about it. I'd love to hear from you about it. If you have 90 minutes, I can act <laughs> the whole thing out for you right now. No. Um, yeah, so the, the short film actually also doubles as the first four minutes of the feature. I feel like I'm happy that it's a standalone piece of art on its own. But then also, it can be the opening sequence to the feature. And then, you know, the Toronto gay men sing their chord. Ah! And the dicks drift down off the bottom of the screen. And the camera moves up, 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 up. And then slowly from the top of the screen comes down atmosphere and clouds and then finally upside down from the top of the screen the skyline of Edmonton and it says upside down on the screen Edmonton and then the whole thing rotates 180 degrees till it's right side up and we fly in and we fly into an apartment building window and in that apartment we find our hero Billy Billy a repressed gay man starts dating again to get over his closeted ex-boyfriend at the exact moment a space alien in human form begins to stalk Edmonton, consuming men with its monstrous penis. Meanwhile, Billy works as a sound recordist, like a boom operator, for local film crews, and he's currently working for me. I'm in it. I play myself. Uh, And I'm struggling to finish my very earnest National Film Board of Canada documentary about my fear of dating. Uh, As the men in Billy's orbit begin to disappear one by one, including me, uh, Billy's two best friends, a lesbian couple, both of them heavily pregnant, become amateur sleuths determined to solve the mystery. It sounds amazing, and I hope anyone who's listening to this it will give you a big pile of money to make make this film. <laughs> are, what are your next steps in terms of developing this idea? Well, we're ready to go. Yeah. We just need the last piece of financing. We've got um, a healthy private investor in Canada. I submitted it to Telefilm Canada, and they went, oh, no, 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 no. Um, but I think we're just going to submit it again. and Because, uh, I mean, with the short, I submitted it to the funders, uh, 
once and they said no and then i waited a year and i submitted again they went i asked for less money and they said no and then i waited a year and i submitted a third time and i asked for like way more money and they went ah fine so i think with a thing like this you kind of have to have some perseverance so uh but there's a weird world in which we could shoot this this year because we've got the private investor we've got like the tax credits and the soft money we've got in kind from like We've got the guy who built the dicks. You know, he's into it. This is fun for him. So we'll get these Hollywood-style yeah, effects. And you have the, you have the dicks. So we have those two dicks. Yeah, yeah. We need a lot more dicks. Okay. You know, there's plenty of Kermits on The Muppet Show. Uh, and so... Uh, but he's into it, and I think he'll give us a good... Just deep discount on the dicks. Deep discounts on dicks. At Christian Tinsley's Dick Warehouse. And... Um, you know, Edmonton, we'll shoot it in Edmonton where people are hungry for future filmmaking to happen at an independent level. And we'll just, you know, people will um, show up and step up and help us make this movie. So we there's a really weird world in which we could go home and make it next month um, if we get this last piece of funding, which we've been trying to drum up here at Sundance, use this momentum. But I think more we need winter. So more realistically, we'll wait until next winter. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens. I could be wrong. We could shoot it tomorrow. Um, and and hopefully it goes. And then meanwhile, there's this other feature that we've been writing, um, which is set in summer and is a very different movie and is a very different tone. And we're going to telefilm for that one. So if they come in for that one, there's a completely insane world where I've been making short films for 14 years and then all of a sudden, bang, bang, this could be the year I make two features. We'll see. I, I hope I hope it happens, but I still do love the shorts. I hope we still make shorts. Definitely. I am writing the grant applications now to continue making shorts. Because for me, shorts are the haute couture. Um, they are where you can really stretch out. You don't have to worry about the market. Um, you're just focusing on the art and the expression and the audience. And so I hope I get to make short films for the rest of my career. Well, I, I hope you come back to the festival, and I want to thank you for being here for the, for the film, and thank you for doing this with us today. Oh, right on. Thank you very much. Thanks. thanks.